preload, I should please be the one doing the speaking, speak through me, Lord, and just let your word come out to reach everyone in different ways, Lord. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for your grace, for bringing us all into this new year. I'm grateful to you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I was thinking since it's a new year, it might not actually be a bad idea to start the sermon in a slightly different way. So, rather than just start preaching, I'm going to share a short video of one of my favorite YouTube creators, content creators. I hope you'll enjoy it. If it works. Can you click? The click card is not working. Um, so, so the new year is a, is a natural time for us to make changes. So every new year comes with fresh energy, fresh enthusiasm, comes with a new drive to want to start again. It's a natural opportunity for us to look back at the previous year and ask ourselves, what changes can we make? What amends can I make to advance my life to make improvements. So this year, um, the, for the first few months, the overall theme is going to be a new thing. So most of the sermons will be around this idea. But um, as a starter, I'm going to be preaching a sermon today titled, next, so the clicker doesn't work properly, make room for the new. Just looking at that title now on the big screen, I realize it's quite obvious that a lot of creativity didn't go into the title. <laughs> but um, we'll move on with that. Um, so the new year is a natural time for us to want to make changes. It's a natural time for us to have that drive. But the first question I have today is, why bother? Okay, the slides are not coming out as nicely as they were created, but it's okay. Um, so the first question I have to, for, for today is, why should we even bother? I mean, if I think about myself, yeah, every year for the first few weeks, I feel this way, set resolutions, but then after a few weeks, I forget, and then it's back to business as usual. And I was thinking about this question, and I was wondering what would be the best way to answer this. 
And after thinking about it, the, the best answer I could think of came from the most unlikely of places. So this is a photo of a wildfire that's been put out. So I'm sure every year we hear about, around summer in Australia, it's probably around January, we hear about wildfires that are very devastating. These fires would take lives, and in some cases people lose their homes, people have to move to a different place, and the fires are quite intense. They can get very intense, and over time, um, there's some evidence that some of it is caused by global warming, right? But the truth is that these fires have always existed. These fires actually play a very important role in the ecological process. So in other words, these fires were designed by God to be part of the natural process of, of the life cycle. And there are some plant species and animal species that actually depend on these wildfires to survive. So if the wildfires didn't happen, they would just die out. There would be no diversity. The wildfires also play a very important role in controlling the population of some animals just to keep the balance. It also plays a role in getting rid of diseases. And as I thought about this, I thought it's such a beautiful metaphor, it's such a beautiful way to think about the answer to this question. A very nice way I would put it is that the forest constantly sets itself or periodically sets itself on fire in order to stay healthy. The forest periodically puts itself on fire in order to stay alive. In the Bible, in, in um, John chapter 12, 24, Jesus says, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So the forest constantly dies in order to keep growing. And when these fires happen, it burns out the dead part of the forest to create way for the new, to make way for the new, to create an opportunity for more healthy shoots to grow, for a more healthy forest to, to come up. But for me, this is not even the best part of this example. The best part of this example for me is that if for any reason these fires do not happen and a lot of years pass without the fires coming on, there's a huge buildup of all the debris. There's a huge buildup of all the soil and, sorry, all the leaves and dead leaves. And then when the fire eventually happens, it's become so intense that the forest is actually dead completely. So for me, again, I think of this metaphor that to answer the question, why should we even bother making way for the new, is that it is important for us to constantly make those checks. It's important for us to constantly inspect ourselves and find out what parts of us are dead and what parts of our habits or our character traits do we need to change and set fire to those things for us to grow. But then even worse is that if we abandon that process for a very long time, we'll get to the point where everything eventually burns down. So the truth is that these ideas are not new. Around this time of the year, it's common to hear sermons like this about motivation and drive, setting the new goals. And, and the second question I was, I was trying to answer is, if these ideas are not new, and if this is something that is quite common, <coughs> What gets in the way? What gets in the way for me to constantly 
trend, improve these processes such that it's not having a reset every year. So to talk about what gets in the way, there are um, three things I want to talk about. So the first one is captured by this picture. It's a cat that is just chilling, right? And the first thing that gets in the way is our comfort, being in our comfort zone. And I know this is, what I'm going to share now is probably not very popular opinion in, in today's world, but I'll just say it anyway. So I'm a firm believer in gender roles. I believe that, especially in marriage, I believe that the man needs to go out there and confront the forces of nature. The man needs to go out and fight and wrestle the gazelles and catch the wild boar, capture it and bring the game back, bring bacon back home to his queen. So I believe very much in this idea. But the small problem with this idea is that if you live in a, a place like a modern city like this, it's actually a lot easier to just walk down to Tesco to get a bacon rather than coming back home. So for me, I felt this is a bit of a problem when I, when I just got married. I felt like I told Oge, my wife, that I have this natural instinct to go out there and wrestle the forces of nature, to fight and bring stuff home for you. But the modern world is holding me back and I need a way to, to make sure this natural instinct is not suppressed. And we had a lot of discussions a lot of meetings and we eventually came to a solution that quite worked out quite nicely and we both decided that no matter what happens, once every week, specifically on Thursdays, no matter the time of the year, no matter what, is the, what the conditions out there are, I would go out to wrestle the forces of nature by taking the beans out <laughs> every Friday, every Thursday. So this is a job I really love, right? So every Thursday evening, the rewards are huge, right? Every Thursday evening, I, I can see when it's getting to that point, when Oge is looking around and I can read in her mind, she's wondering, should I tell him? Should I remind him he needs to take the beans out or is he just going to do it on his own? And I wait till that point because for me, I'm all about maximizing the challenge, making it as complex as possible <laughs> in the limitations of the modern world. So she finally breaks and she says, Sasage, the, the beans need to go out tomorrow. And then I look at her and think, of course I know. And she's like, yes, I know you know, but it's 11 p.m. at night. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how much of a challenge would it be to take out the beans at the same time as everyone else at 6 p.m.? So the later it is, the, the more the forces you have to contend with. The later it is, the, chance, the, the more the chances of wrestling a fox or the neighbor's cat trying to attack me. So I take the beans out and I know it means a lot to her. Every time I come back, the reward is huge. I can see how she looks at me like I'm just this hero and, and the payoff is great and I enjoy this job. <laughs> but there are times, right, some, some rare occasions, usually it happens in the winter I'm with Ogay, we're watching TV, wrapped up in a blanket, watching something on Netflix, hot chocolate in the hand, 
but outside is zero degrees and it's raining and it's wet. And unfortunately, it's a Thursday night. <laughs> and then Oge looks at me and say, the beans go out tonight. And at that point, I reconsidered my thoughts. This whole idea of, of equality of gender roles becomes more attractive. And I'm thinking, how come she isn't in the movement? How come she's still not just progressive and thinking about the significance of the fact that just that just because I'm a man doesn't mean I should be the one who takes the beans out. But I do take the beans out eventually, and, and it's more difficult. So what's the point I'm trying to make? The point I'm trying to make is that irrespective of the payoff, getting out of our comfort zone is actually hard. It's, it's, it's difficult. I know that there's usually a lot of, um, a lot of talk about about or step out of, of your comfort zone. There's no shortage of motivational speeches like that. But what I've found in recent years is that there's also a different group that is pushing for the fact that, you know what, just stay in your comfort zone. It's not a big deal, relax. Um, Nigerian music has become quite popular in, in the West, a, a genre called Afrobeat. And last year, a lot of popular Afrobeat songs actually promote this idea of just relaxing. Like one of them is by an artist called Bonner Boy. And in the chorus, which is very popular, it says, I don't want to waste my days. I just want to spend them on enjoyment. Now, this is Nigerian English, so it might not make a lot of sense. But I'm sure you can get the whole idea. The whole idea is, I just want to chill. There's no point trying to step out of your comfort zone, embrace your comfort zone. And, and, in, and, and it's difficult to come out of the comfort zone for a reason, because sometimes they, the risks of coming out can be huge. So I'm not going to play, out, play down the fact that coming out of a comfort zone is, is something that's trivial. In fact, one example that demonstrates it very nicely in the Bible is the story of the Israelites. Exodus chapter 16. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. When I look at this, it's quite hard to think that these are the same people who experienced some of the biggest miracles in history. These are the people who saw all the plagues, who saw God perform these miracles, who went through the Red Sea to, to come out of captivity. But at the first, first obstacle, there was a craving for going back to that comfort zone. There was a craving for going back to the pots of meat. And in my mind, I can think if I was one of the Israelites, I wouldn't have this challenge. But then it's not much different from me conveniently taking out the beans on, on, on the summer evening when it's nice and warm, but then becoming an activist for gender equality once it's winter. So this is not to be played down at all. The second challenge I think gets in the way is captured by this picture. So the second challenge is fear. I remember my first job 
after uni, um, I met up with one of the managers and he told me, in hindsight, the guy was very wise and he gave me a lot of ideas that I didn't appreciate then. And he said, Osagia, you are aware of the three Fs that can hold you back. I was like, what are they? He goes, fear of failure, fear of change, and fear of the unknown. So fear can st stand in the way, and this is a real emotion. It's not, again, it's not something to be played down. There are valid reasons why fear is, is an emotion that exists and it can hold us back. But looking back, I'll add one more type of fear to this category, and that is a fear of success. It's strange or seems ironic, but the truth is that from my own experiences, sometimes what can get in the way of us making way for the new could even be fear of being successful in what we're doing or what we're trying to do. One good example I have about this that I'm not too proud of, but I'll share anyway, is when, I, when we recently moved to the house we live in now about eight years ago, I like, the, I, I like the whole idea of networking with people, the idea of getting to meet people and knowing about them, knowing about their background, where they're from, their families. And, and so I got into this habit of, of wanting to just get to know the neighbors. And the best place then was bus stop on my way to work. And I'll start up conversations. And these conversations, I love them. But then I realized after a while that after you've gone through the initial phase of getting to know people, then there's a challenge that I'll have to travel to work with them every day. <laughs> and for me, this was a bit scary because I thought there are times I just want to sleep on the train. But then if you know everyone on the train, you can't sleep. And it became so hard for me. And it was quite a challenge. And it, embarrassing as it sounds, there were times when I'll come out and maybe I saw one of the neighbors going through the train station and I'll just stay back so they'll get on an earlier train and I'll be alone. Well, like I said, this is all in the past. Doesn't happen anymore. Actually, I don't know if I've gotten over it or if it's just because of COVID. Now we work from home, so it's possible that it's still there. But the point I'm trying to make is that fear can be another emotion that can get in the way of us making way for the new. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 14, the Bible tells us about Peter. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to, come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. So Peter actually walked on water. Peter did something that only one other person had done before, and that was Christ. But from what we see here, he had started it, but then the fear came and it overwhelmed him. And like I said, this is an emotion that it exists for a reason. If, you, if you're in a situation where you're gripped and you're afraid, it makes sense. And it's no surprise that this is one of the things that can hold us back when it comes to making way for the new. The final um, challenge I'll talk about was captured in the video we watched earlier. So this time it's not necessarily fear or inability to step out of our comfort zone. It's basically just a reluctance to let go of some things that get in the way. 
in the case of the content creator, his name is Adam, what got in the way was the way of his, his relationship was allowing a crease in his shoes. And I know I'm happy some teenagers are here today because um, this can be a big deal. In fact, I know this gorgeous young lady who once got this new pair of Air Jordans and she was walking like this. And I called her, I was like, why do you walk like that? By the way, my wife knows this lady, so don't think it's someone else here. And I asked her, why do you walk like this? Why do you? And she didn't believe me, so I filmed her, and I have the video evidence. <laughs> but I'm not going to mention names. A blue pair of Air Jordans, very beautiful pair. Just in case you see anyone wearing blue Air Jordans today. Anyway, so... So the other problem, right, can be that reluctance to let go. In Hebrews, the Bible tells us, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. There are things that can hinder us, things that can get in the way, um, I know for me, it could be just work sometimes. Some and for us, it might be different things. But these things can, we might have a valid reason. And we normally do have valid reasons for, for these things. And they can get in the way of our relationship. The question then becomes, why is it so hard? Paul says in Romans, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. So like I said, there's no playing down the difficulty in, in any of these things. It's not one of those, re, those situations where a motivational speaker comes up and says, listen, a forest sets itself on fire to stay alive. You need to step out of your comfort zone. You need to go out there and wrestle the forces of nature and bring the bacon back home. This is not a motivational speak because if, if it was successful, then there'll be no need for more motivational speeches. I think these are real challenges. I think these are difficult things and, and that is why the final thing would be, what is the way around it? And I think one way I try to think about it is bringing God into the picture, God to the rescue. Like I said, the main theme for us this year is going to be titled A New Thing. In the book of Isaiah 43, God says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I believe that what can make some of these challenges easier to overcome is having some type of eternal view on, on the subject. So I'll, I'll go back to Adam in that um, short video we played. So for him, the challenge obviously is he has his brand new shoes. He doesn't want it to be messed up and nothing gets in the way of that. But you notice in the video, there's a path where he could see two possible futures of himself. 
he called, one of them was, he had messy sneakers and he had a guy who had messy sneakers and was enjoying an ice cream with his partner. And then the other one was an old guy who had very clean sneakers, but was all alone. And then he had to think through these two options and come to the decision that, okay, maybe my relationship is far more important than just avoiding creases in my sneakers. And I think if we have the ability to attach, have some eternal view on the things we do, it might just be easier. For me, I think, for instance, if I'm thinking of the reason why I'm trying to run away from my neighbors because I just want to sleep in the car, uh, sorry, sleep on the train or watch my movie without any, um, any interruptions. If I have a more eternal view of creating long-term relationships or relationships that maybe we get to the point where we can talk about our relationship with God, if I had that type of view, then it might be easier to get past that that challenge it might be easier to step out of my comfort zone a bit and, and make that decision. So challenges that stand in the way when it comes to making way for the new, they're real challenges, they're huge. And it's a reason why I believe, for instance, every year the new year resolutions come, but over time they fade. But I really do hope that in this new year, we could try and have or find a way to have some type of eternal perspective on some of these things. And maybe, maybe it would be a bit easier for us to overcome these challenges. To close out, I think about Jesus, right? I think Jesus encapsulates that in, in a lot of ways. Jesus says in John 16:33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you would have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. There's a verse I left out I didn't include in the slides, which I'm just going to read. And it's in Hebrews 5, 7. It says, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions and fervent cries to the one who could save him from death and was heard because of his reverent submission. In the case of Christ, he, he submitted to God. He submitted to the will of God. He had an eternal view. And even though those challenges he faced were real and difficult, it was easier for him because he had that bigger picture, that eternal view um, to, the whole, uh, to the whole process. And so once again, I'd like to wish you all a very happy new year. I just hope that this new year brings that drive that you need to achieve some of your dreams. I hope that you can have a way to find an eternal perspective on the things you want to achieve. And maybe just like Adam, we'll get to the point where we'll know that we can live with a crease on our shoes, but we can live without a great relationship with God. So thank you so much for listening. I'm going to call, I think, Lizzie now to pray for us before we have communion. Mm -hmm.